Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. This is the Hope and Mum and Dad podcast, episode number 24 with me, Fuzz. And me, Becky. And today we're just uh, checking in with you all, seeing how everyone's doing. Got a few links to share and things to go through and stuff. Um, there's not really been too much news for us personally with our IVF no. treatment. No, it's obviously still quiet. Nothing's happening and we're a bit late on this week's podcast because we've just been feeling a bit meh. Yeah, and it's just it's just really annoying because... Um, you know, obviously we got no news, but the reason that we've got no news is because of all the other things that are going on, um, which just seem to be making it worse. Mm. So everyone feels like, uh, and if you're listening in the future, it is uh, November the 12th, 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, COVID cases uh, are soaring again. Um, this is the second peak. You know, there yeah. seems to be a lot of people. Um, like I went uh, in in Wales, um, we've just come out of um, our second lockdown, which was fire break, which was called the fire break. <laughs> um, and I think on the most part, people were pretty good with it. Don't you think? Yeah, I think it's been good. But like I was speaking to a friend the other day, and they said, "Are you glad that you've come out of it?" And I just said, "It really hasn't changed our lives." Because you've gone to work every day as a yeah, teacher. Yeah, I am still working every day. And we haven't been like living at large since March. We literally, since they said don't go out, we really have been very conservative with how we like spend our money and socialize. We don't, we haven't been to a pub or we don't, no. we're not eating out. We didn't take advantage of the eat out to help out and stuff. Um, Which was, just, should have been called spread this stuff like crazy. Yeah. I don't know about that. I did read something. Um, obviously, the they've introduced more support for people, um, like lately. And mm-hmm. their excuse—I don't know if it's if it's plausible—but they were saying that um, that little sort of boost of the economy or whatever, getting everyone out of spending money was like needed to do it. I don't really buy it, but if it's true, then it kind of makes I sense. I don't know. I don't know. I think it doesn't matter. I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't matter. Obviously, it's hugely impacted the economy, but it's not like Britain was doing well before. We were already in debt, like the whole country. Oh, yeah. We've so, like, it's just hysteria, isn't it? People saying, like, oh, coronavirus is ruining the economy. No. The it, it has, politician, definitely. Yeah, but politicians already had messed up the economy. We we still haven't fully recovered from the last... Um, 2008, I think. Yeah. The big one. Yeah, it was before 2008 to start. I don't know. Yeah, that we, he- le- we left to go and teach in Asia. Yeah, it wasn't it, we still fun. haven't recovered since that one. And, you know, Brexit and everything else is just making all the markets like unsteady and uncertain. So, so basically, obviously, if there's anywhere to be in the world, it's not the UK because uh, Brexit um, is just going to kill loads of uh, economy and Corona as well. It's gonna kill it all over the world, anyway. Mm, like if you're part, if you're already trading and you're like you're doing your everyday stuff, and this is like how you trade, and then overnight you go, oh, by the way, all of the stuff that you do has an ex- is like has a tariff on it, or you're not even allowed to do it, mm. or it takes four days to get like stuff. It it's a bit different. It's not just like oh, coronavirus. Like in the UK in particular, um, we're really kind of uh in a bad situation as well because corona and brexit is crazy i mean yeah um so i mean yeah i just thought we'd talk about some of the things because it is the reason why we are not having 
uh, any we were not even successful or unsuccessful with um, trying to start a family because of all this stuff that's going on. Yeah. So I think it's important that I mean complaining about stuff doesn't really help, but being productive about it and talking about it and saying like, um, I don't know, like just wear a mask. Just wear masks and stop being silly and stop having house parties and stuff like that. Like, because mm. the way I think about it is, if you think you're right and everyone else is wrong and it's a big conspiracy, then you're yeah. not going to change anything. But if you are wrong, and everyone, all the scientists and people telling you what to do are right, then you're saving lives. It's a no-brainer for me. I don't understand why people. Yeah. So, you know, we're lucky. We've got our health. Um, just waiting. I mean, like, what do you think the odds are of us? Like, when did we speak to him? I don't think we'll get a call this year. You don't think we'll get a call this year? Nope. No way. It's just, um, they don't, the the phones are never answered. They're obviously stretched beyond any. I don't think they've redeployed staff, though, have they? They haven't redeployed staff, but they're facing the same as every other workplace that's still functioning, that when... People have to isolate because they're symptomatic. Oh, you think the staff that work in these places are like not, uh, like half of them are homesick and yeah. isolating. I didn't think about it like that. Um, but yeah, like if you... Not like, half of them, but you know, you know it'll like happen. So sometimes they'll be on full capacity working. Even at full capacity when they've got nurses and doctors in that aren't, and they're not isolating, they're still not working at the same pace that they were because they can't see as many people as they did before yeah. and they need to um yeah keep all the patients apart and everything so so this is not a good yeah so basically this is the uh official government uh you know data data stuff mm. and the test you know positive tests are going up tests are going up patients admitted are going up i read um somewhere that uh one of the welsh um hospitals have only got like four or five beds left Mm. which is in the intensive care yeah that's bad yep i think um the other thing that i didn't consider but i think has been adopted by all fertility clinics mostly is that they're doing freeze all rounds so i don't think they're doing fresh transfers but maybe that's something we need to confirm with the wells fertility institute because um that might be the case i'm not sure or just anyone who's at risk of um developing OHSS which is the ovarian hyper syndrome yeah. stimulation syndrome where basically your follicles are too um big and too many and it causes a lot of and you have to be admitted to hospital potentially. Serious, it, it can be really serious a couple of links that we saw that we th- thought we'd just like go through for people uh some of you guys that might be at the beginning of your IVF journey because we talk a lot about um the annoying stuff you know um the ha- you know just the sort of toils and all the annoying stuff that goes along with IVF um which is generally like when you're kind of further along and you're sort of kind of on the on the on on the on the track to sorting stuff out but if you're right at the beginning and we found this link from the NHS website um just overview IVF and there's some interesting facts on there we might have already known but I'm not sure um what happens during IVF the six main like I didn't know this like I've never seen it like blocked out like this Mm. um because you never do the reading and you always (laughs) take the piss out of me for doing it well i struggle with reading i'm dyslexic but this is an interesting one so chances of success uh the success rate of ivf depends on the age we all know that younger women are more likely to have sick yeah we all know that um so 
so between this is a while ago, 2014-2016, uh, the percentage of IVF treatments that resulted in live birth were 29% for women under 35, mm. um, 23% 35 to 37, 15% 38 to 39, um, and then it kind of decreases into single digits but there, from there. But what I think we touched upon before mm. was that like those percentages might seem low, but really this quite good because well the percentages are actually slightly higher than that because that's the percentage that resulted in live birth obviously there's more successful transfers than that but for one reason or another they're not they don't progress to um a baby you know there's a miscarriage or you know medical intervention takes place and they have to terminate the pregnancy so actually more than like 29 percent of transfers will be successful it's mm. just that that many that percentage results in a yeah. living baby can you remember that thing we talked about before where we were talking about um like the percentage of ivf treatments wherever mm-hmm. um might seem low but when you compare it to normal conception it's actually good what was yeah the way the doctor described it to it to us was ah uh, really random i'm just gonna kill this now but basically um i don't know the chances of ivf the success rates of ivf and in some you know yeah transfer is more or higher than trying to conceive naturally so i think she said something like two naturally fertile heterosexual couple two people if they were trying to have a baby it would take them like one one in a hundred times that they have sex will result in a pregnancy whereas if you if yeah. you do ivf a hundred times it will be one uh 30 and 100 something will be yeah. successful so it's so, like so it's like i don't know it's, it's it i think yeah the, much higher success rates than natural like we have an advantage like basically when we do ivf we have a higher advantage of me of becoming pregnant than someone who's just bonking yeah. on the couch yeah, yeah. It's it. We'll have to figure out. Uh, we'll have to. There must be a, a nice way to explain that. But oh, cheers! I thought that no, was no, quite nice. No. It, oh no, no, no. I mean the statistics, because mm. like comparing the one statistic to the other. They, I I've heard it before. Mm. Maybe instead of nice, you should have said a more scientific way. Yeah, you know, for people <laughs> like me who struggle with numbers and, and words and stuff. Um, <sighs> little Becky segue. Anyway, mm, anyway, um, this is a cool little story here. If you're listening, um, we're on the Guardian website. We'll put the link in the description or whatever. But um, it says here, and this article is like four months old, but it says uh, UK's IVF success rate has tripled in the last 20 years. And Becky's done the reading. It's more than four months old. I think it was printed in January 2020. June. Ah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Becky did the reading, but basically, um, it was saying that like yeah, it touched upon a few things. Basically, the overarching theme is that um, over the last twenty years, obviously IVF success rates have tripled, and I think said it said since nineteen ninety eight. Well, I guess that's twenty years. Mm. Um, yeah, it's gotten much better. But um, we were speaking to Amber Izzo last week about her. Uh, campaign for the postcode lottery it goes into that and how even though the success rates have increased um 
funding across England has dropped so dramatically. You'd expect more people to have IVF babies, but they're not necessarily like that. You would expect, because it's such a successful service and it's been proven to work, that the NHS would provide it, but they're not. Yeah. Um, the and the funding could be, they could be underfunded in general. Yeah, so the what? funding has cut, and it also goes on to say that um, research shows that frozen transfers of embryos are more successful. That's interesting than fresh ones. Because to a layman, mm. someone who doesn't know what they're talking about, you'd think that um, like they were kind of like Plan Bs or yeah. You know, and I think actually everyone goes into the whole process of IVF thinking that frozen embryos are a Plan B because. You know, it is really, if you don't expect to have a freeze all around, which is where all of the embryos that they make go into the freezer and mm. you don't have a transfer. If you don't expect that, then you're building yourself up to be having a transfer. Mm. You've gone through like three weeks or more of stimulating yourself and stabbing yourself with injections to think that, oh, by the end of the month, I could be pregnant. In fact, you That's are because it's called yeah. pupo, pregnant mm. until, or pupo, <laughs> pregnant until proven otherwise. And if you don't get that, then it's like crushing. It's a huge, like a little, well, a huge impact on you and a like mini loss really. So it's definitely hard to deal with. So the and the um the stemming and the the prep work for stimming stimming and stimulating and, and the prep work for getting the eggs in the first place, um, is kind of hard on your body, right? Yeah. So it's almost it almost seems like why would they try and get you pregnant straight away after that anyway? Like, cause it is that what is that what the mm -hmm. did the article kind of say that like by freezing the eggs, um, it gives the the mother like a chance to recover yeah a bit and that's why it's more successful yeah i think so i don't think they know exactly why i don't know we'd have to get an expert on but the other thing is sometimes it's a bit of a race against time to get pregnant isn't it so if you're of a certain uh, yeah, age yeah. maybe they want to do a fresh transfer because you know so i guess there's two things two sides to that one is like um having a fresh transfer if it doesn't work then I know it's not going to, like, you can't say don't worry about it, but no. you can say there is really good chances of the frozen transfer yeah. working. But the other thing as well, you do still have to prepare and prep your body for a frozen transfer with stimulation of some variety. And I think some people think that it's not as vigorous, but I do think there's a lot of medication that you have to take to get ready for it and make sure that your lining's nice and thick and that. So, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, that was that article. And then there's one more article I wanted to touch upon, uh, which I'm just going to bring up quickly now. And that is this petition at uh, change.org. Uh, I've I've mentioned it. I'm just going to bring this up. I'm going to bring this up a little bit. Um, yeah, but basically, I've been seeing it for a while. Um, you know, people clapping and drawing rainbows and stuff like that. That's, that's mm -hmm. great. That's fantastic. But... Um, really they should be given a pay rise because they're normal they you know um their normal pay rise their normal like what should become in pay rise was voted down by the government mm -hmm. um it's quite appalling really they were jeering and sort of uh sneering and being a bit being a bit mean about it so like their normal pay rise was kind of laughed at and turned down and i you know out of all the people that have like done stuff this year yeah. with corona and covid especially reading the summary on the petition like 
uh, header page. It says, the average nurse in the UK has lost 20% of their income the last 10 years. It's not surprising that there are 100,000 vacancies within our yep. NHS and that many of us NHS workers are using food bank yeah, banks to get This has been bank. going on for years and I've always, I, 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 it's appalling mm. and it can be fixed and it, the way that it can be fixed is through politics and through voting for people who are actually going to do stuff. So people roll their eyes all the time and go, well, can you leave politics out of it? You tell that to a, a nurse with kids who's come home from a 12-hour shift and has to go to the food bank to feed them. Mm. You know, like, don't roll your eyes. Just read a little bit and uh, vote for people who are not going to treat them terribly. Mm -hmm. There's definitely money around for it. Yeah. Um, because, uh, you know, they've they've wasted billions on this uh, on this track and trace thing that hasn't worked and all, you know. So, NHS people, more than anyone else, I believe, mm. deserve the pay rise that they didn't get, but they also deserve more because they're risking their lives, even though they've got the PPE. This thing's, yeah. uh, this thing's you know, it tr it's contagious and it uh, kills people and stuff. So, give them a pay rise. Uh, we'll put the link in the description below. There's yeah. probably a bunch of uh, links, which doesn't help all the time. Sometimes Please go and sign it. Yeah, so it's uh, change.org, that one. And we just want to say thanks to all the uh, NHS people who have been, you know, doing mm -hmm. amazing things and keeping us all we safe We look and stuff. forward to using your services. Yeah. And it's just important to... Um, it's important to, to recognise all this stuff, you know? Like, I get really fed up with people saying things and not doing things. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, so... Christmas is coming as well. Like, mm -hmm. doesn't really feel Christmassy this year, does it? Uh, no. Like, it probably won't. But, I mean, I feel like it's been... I, f I don't... It's annoying me seeing decorations all going up and stuff and seeing lights because I am like Buddy the Christmas Elf. What's your favourite colour normally every year? And I'd be like, yeah, Christmas is coming! Mm. But um, I'm annoyed that the lights are up because I feel sorry for all the children who get really excited, believe me, I know, for Christmas. And now the Christmas trees are in the house and the lights are on and and then they have to wait two full months till Christmas, till Father Christmas comes to visit them. Like 25 days are long enough to wait for Father Christmas, for something that's hyped up so much in the media and by their parents. And it's just, oh, I just think it's not fair on them. It gets earlier every year, doesn't it? It does get earlier every year, but this year it's ridiculous. It's like Halloween, they, Christmas. <laughs> they literally took their de uh, Halloween decorations down and put Christmas decorations up. It's bonkers. And I love Christmas, but this is too much. And it is, it's going to be a funny Christmas for everyone because we won't be able to see our families you know, properly and yeah, stuff. But I, I think um, we've just got to be okay with it, really, because... Um, you know, we've we never just get snuggly. We've never lived in a time where we've we can be so connected to people far away from mm. us. I'll have to um, just force you to stop working and sit on the couch with me and watch films and stuff. Yeah, but <laughs> what I'm really worried about is people that think they know better than experts and scientists, mm. and they go, "Oh, psh, psh, I'm not going to listen to you," and they'll have massive Christmas dinners. Uh, you know, massive Christmas parties and stuff like that and it yeah. might be the last christmas for a lot I of did older see people. a funny post though <laughs> about um 
the police knocking on the door at Christmas and like pretending they only had this many people in the house and it was of a naked woman like crouched over in the oven <laughs> with her ass out and her head in the oven like looking like a giant turkey mm. it was so funny but also don't do that yeah don't pretend to be a turkey in the oven because yeah. you might get burnt and also we don't want people to gather in large numbers yeah, but and the thing is as well, Christmas is always the time when people get their elderly relatives together and they make mm. a big deal about them. Um and obviously that's uh not a good idea. Yeah, it's really bad. Keep so. your loved ones safe. And I'm sorry I'm yawning. I've had a very busy week. Parents evening. Three mm-hmm. nights this week. Cool. Well we'll leave it there this week and uh we'll be back with another episode next week. Um thanks for all the support and everything. If you want to follow along, um and you know, catch us on Instagram. You can go to Instagram. It's uh, Hope and Mum Dad. Same with all the socials. You can find us everywhere. Just type in Hope and Mum Dad. And again, if you um, if you are on uh, on your own IVF journey and you check in with us and you sort of listen in and and, and wherever and you appreciate it, uh, giving us a little like or a, a thumbs up or a subscribe on YouTube or wherever, a little review, wherever you listen to podcasts, that all really, really helps. So we'd appreciate mm. if you could do that. Please give us a reason to carry on because I'm getting imposter syndrome. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, we'll see you in a bit and take it easy. Bye.